I kind of was realizing what happened uh, once I got back to Prevedza because once something like this happens and you're in the air, you just try not to get overwhelmed in a bad way by the situation, just to maintain your own safety. So I kind of put it in a box and I opened the box of this situation once I got back to Prevedza. This is Soaring the Sky, a Glider Pilots podcast, coming to you from the Mid-Atlantic region here in the United States and bringing you great soaring content from glider pilots all over the globe. We now join Chuck and our guest pilot. Thank you and welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time, we hope you enjoy this episode and super happy you're joining us today. We first head to the Czech Republic and talk with our good friend, Barbara Mariftova. She is a member of the Czech Republic women's gliding team, and she just finished competing in the 15-meter class of the FCC Flight Challenge competition in Slovakia, flying her LS8 that she loves so much. Unfortunately, the first day of that competition was a rough one, to say the least. Barbara chose to share this with us in hopes that we all can learn from it and be better and safer pilots. She will also share with us how she worked through it since she did receive the news while still in the air. And of course, she had to get her glider safely back on the ground. She will also talk about her plans for the rest of the soaring season and also take a look at the women's world. She will be competing later this summer, uh, I believe August, and that is in the United Kingdom. Later on the show, we talk with Jack Jenner Hall. Now, Jack is a 15-year-old glider pilot and just won his first aerobatic competition and currently working on being a flight instructor. Now, Jack has been flying gliders since he was 11, and aviation is definitely his passion like many of us. But first, let's join Barbara now for episode 119 here on Soaring the Sky. Barbara, welcome back to the podcast. So happy to have you today. Hi, Jack. Yeah, I'm really happy that you have me once again. Uh, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you during the podcast. It's a pleasure speaking with you. And for those listeners out there that are, we have a lot of new listeners lately, which is great. It's great for the podcast and the soaring community. But for those of them that don't know much about you, could you give us a quick flyover of who you are, where you're flying, and what you've been up to? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm Barbara, and I'm from Czech Republic, uh, mostly flying in the Czech Republic, of course. I'm a, a member of Czech female gliding team. So I'm competing a lot, but also do some cross country between the competitions just to train and to enjoy the beautiful uh, sport we do. I've been flying for 10 years now. Time flies. And I also fly a wave uh, in Czech Republic at the Yesenik Mountains. And yeah, I'm really trying to put as much time as I can to gliding because it really genuinely make me happy, makes me happy, and that's why I do the sport. Ah, beautiful. So the reason I wanted to touch base with you, Barbara, is because you recently uh, completed a competition, and uh, it's quite eventful, actually. Uh, we were talking a little bit about before we uh, started recording this, but what was the competition? Uh, what was the train like, the competitors? How did everything go? Just tell us about that. Well, I attended uh, Flight Challenge Cup, FCC, which uh, takes place every year in Prevedza, in Slovakia. For me, it was the very first time flying in the mountains on my own because I had only one, one flight over there like 10 years ago. 
during my beginnings of gliding. And uh, so it was quite challenging for me, a uh, challenging experience for me. And I was thrilled, excited and scared at the same time uh, because flying in the mountains is something uh, with great specifics. And also uh, you have to know the area pretty well. So um, I had some pre-first flight preparations with my Slovak friends uh, who kind of described uh, the area where there are and when there aren't some landout areas, landout spots, how to fly in the mountains like in general and basically the, the area knowledge that was the, that was the biggest thing I was concerned about. We didn't fly in high Tatras or lower Tatras, so we didn't experience like the biggest mountains in Slovakia, but it was still thrilling for me and great experience. And I think that everybody who's concerned about trying uh, mountain flying, uh, they should definitely do. And if you're concerned, ask your friends or find an instructor uh, who, who describe the mountain flying or uh, they fly with you in duo and then they can help you. So yeah, it was a great experience for me. And uh, basically the competition consists of many international pilots. So it felt pretty great. It felt like a real international competition, maintaining high standards of world and European gliding championships. So it was really great. And there were awesome pilots in our class as I competed in standard class or 50 meter class. So it was great to compare my experience and my gliding with the best pilots in the world. So this was something, something really, really helpful and taught me a lot before another competitions uh, I'm planning to, to attend. So can you talk about the days that really stand out in the competition? good and bad and what you learned from it? Well, actually we had quite great weather because I was afraid that it will be really cold. So we were freeze to death every time we fly, but even wore just t-shirts when gridding or when, when preparing the gliders before flight, though I still wore my uh, wave boots because I wanted to maintain <laughs> some, some comfort during flying because uh, right. like the club bases were really high and as there is uh, the sailing for gliding at most of the, the Slovakia area of flight, flight level 8-0, we really like wore a lot to, to the glider just to, just to maintain some comfort. And uh, we had quite reasonable, reasonable flying, flying days. We flew the very first day, which uh, was kind of sad, speaking about the loss of uh, two pilots. And uh, after, after some discussions, we continued the competition and then we had six more gliding or flying days with quite reasonable weather except of the last day uh, when there were weak thermals and we flew uh, more to the uh, like south of Slovakia, which is flatland. That was kind of reminding me of uh, flying in Hungary uh, back in 2018 and 19, except of the last day, the soaring days were really reasonable and really great weather. So day one, you said there was an accident. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, there was a mid-air crash. Two pilots lost their lives and many families 
were really saddened by this accident. And yeah, there were some discussions if the competition should or should not continue um, just to maintain some good atmosphere and safety for all of the pilots. So yeah, the first day was really, really a sad one. Well, our thoughts and prayers definitely go out to those families. I'm sorry to hear about that. Yeah, definitely. Our hearts are with them still because I think it wasn't easy for neither of of the families of those two pilots. Uh, One of them was really young. So, yeah, it's it's always sad when something like this happens. And especially when it happened on the first day of the competition. Most of you were in the air then? Uh, when this happened. Yes, we were in the air. And um, actually, my friend my friend uh, saw or, or knew about the accident and uh, called us on our frequency if we are okay. And that's actually how we, how we found out about the accident. On that day, I didn't make it to, back to Prejevica and I landed at one uh, northern uh, airport then. And um, I kind of was realizing what happened uh, once I got back to Preveza because once something like this happens and you're in the air, you just try not to get overwhelmed in a bad way by the situation, just to maintain your own safety, to fly safely. So I kind of put it in a box and I opened the box of this situation once I got back to Preveza, where uh, there wasn't really like um, nice atmosphere as everybody was sad about it. So yes, that's it. So roughly how many people were competing in that competition? Uh, there were around uh, 120 people. Uh, oh, wow. just uh, I don't remember actually the, the 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 specific number because few people left the the competition um, during the organization few people after the accident and few people because of working stuff so they had to leave earlier on so but but really there were there were more than 100 people in the competition in three classes so there was a club class, a 50 meter class, an 80 meter class, better say open class, open combi class. There were really, really a lot of people competing. So it really felt like a standard big international competition. Wings and Wheels has been serving the soaring and sport aviation community for over 30 years. They hands down have the largest and most comprehensive inventory of sailplane and soaring supplies in North America. And they ship globally. Nearly everything you'll find on their site is in stock and ready for same-day shipping. Wings and Wheels is the exclusive American representative for HPH sailplanes. Be sure to check out the Twin Shark, their latest launch. They're also now the exclusive distributor in North America for the new Just Soaring Glider Sim Pro. The team has thousands of hours of flying experience in gliders and airplanes, staffed by Adam, Kelly, Julie, and Sean. A friendly voice will answer when you call or email them. Check them out at wingsandwheels.com. Were you flying the LS8, I think? Yeah, definitely. I flew my love LS8, (laughs) love forever. Yes, that's what I thought. (laughs) I know you love the LS8. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I think think that's that's something I didn't mention at the beginning, that I really love the glider. Since the first flight, I felt like my hands are the wings, so... 
yeah, it, it's amazing. I'm, I'm just honestly, honestly, uh, I think that I'm screwing it for the LSA speaking about the performance, but I'm getting better at this. <laughs> so so <laughs> less and less outlandings and more and more finished tasks. So yeah, <laughs> working on that. Did you have any more landouts in the competition? Uh, yeah, I had like two two landouts, but both of them were at uh, airfields in Slovakia. So one was okay. one was at Martin, as I mentioned, and the second one was at Partizanske, uh, where actually I have some memories as well because uh, I was a scorer of Czech national competition back in 2012. Sorry, no, back back in 2011. Great memories over there as well. So it was great to visit the place after all. It wasn't that great that I didn't finish the, the task though because it was on the final glide. But yeah, outlanding happens and we all just have to go through the, the outlanding phase and uh, kind of improve the statistics for future flights. So the more outlandings right. now, the less outlandings later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying to make it fun, just just not to be sad about the outlandings because it's something that yeah. totally belongs to gliding. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. What's your favorite piece of equipment in the cockpit? Have you done any updates or...? Well, um, I'm still I'm still in love with um, Alex uh, nine thousand because uh, oh, nice, I have yeah. it in in the in the LSA. It's really easy when you have the Wi-Fi module uh, in it because uh, when you when you want to download the task for the day during a competition, it's like by two clicks and you you don't have to do anything more so it's really great that that you can focus on on yourself like on your own preparation you can do the task planning more more detailed and you don't have to put uh, more time to task setting like in in the lx9 9000 directly so it's really it's really great equipment and i think it's like tops tops navigational uh stuff right here and uh it's sad that i don't have the the newest one in the glider that i don't uh, i can't have a hawk uh because that's quite a discussed feature you can have on your elix div div devices so the hawk would be really really great because it calculates the wind in all the layers of the atmosphere where you fly so it's really great that it can help you uh, oh, nice. like yeah. really a lot speaking about finding a thermal and center centering the thermal so this is something i kind of miss i i would definitely like to try it and I think that speaking about the safety, I still repeat myself, but I totally love like the flashlights in the gliders. I don't have them in my glider, unfortunately, but I think this is something that uh, really puts the safety in a higher level because when there is a flashlight somewhere uh, flying like right towards you, you can see it more easily and as during a competition, there are many gliders at one place, sometimes flying towards uh, each other. So you just have to really focus on what's right in front of you. And when you imagine that or just count, that's a simple math. Uh, when you count that you're flying at, for example, 200 kilometers per hour 
and the other glider is flying at the same uh, speed towards you, it will be a fatal crash, you know? So uh, you just have to, you just don't have like much time to avoid each other. So the flashlight somewhere in front of you can show that there is some some glider flying and it can be detected more faster than just with flarm device because flarm is definitely a mandatory thing nowadays during competitions i think this this would be something that i would really find really helpful that i will be feeling more safe that somebody can see me actually with the flashlight uh, in the canopy so that would be great Absolutely. And speaking of safety, we were talking a little bit earlier and you said a friend had given you some advice when you're in a competition. Yeah. What was that piece of advice? Uh, the piece of advice is pretty simple. Uh, you just have to remember that there is always another day, another race, another year of full of competitions and full of flying. So you just have to maintain your own safety and safety of others so you can enjoy this beautiful sport for many years uh, in the future, as long as you can, as you can, and as long as you want to. And I think it's it's you you can just say it into words. Just think about tomorrow as well, not just about today. Some people are flying in a way that they are flying for life <laughs> on that day, but that's not actually true. Yeah. And we all should remember that safety first. And um, some some crashes are possible to be avoided quite easily. Just just speaking about your attitude. So it's always about it. And just all of you guys who are competing, just think about tomorrow and other races, another experience you can gain, another beer with friends you can have. I think this is pretty uh, like the base basics of absolutely of flying. Barbara, what are your plans for the rest of 2022? Uh, well, I have a quite quite a lot of plans actually. Uh, next week, uh, there will be Czech Czech National Championship, so I'm gonna compete in a 50 meter class with beloved Elisade once again. Nice. And I will have like one week off, and I will uh, go back to Slovakia for Slovak National uh, Championships. Oh, wow. Once again, with Elisade. So it will be, I think, like five five weeks full of gliding, hopefully. So um, it nice. will be pretty great. And after the Slovak Championships, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, going to be a team captain in Lithuania in European Championships for the Czech guys. So oh, congratulations. I hope <laughs> Thank you, but I hope I I won't disappoint them. So <laughs> hopefully they will they will like me as a team captain, and uh, then I will have few weeks off before uh, heading to uh, the United Kingdom, as uh, I will compete uh, during the Women World Gliding Championships in standard class. So wow. yeah, there are many many comps ahead and many many stuff to do. <laughs> And I will also try to help uh, organizers during the Junior uh, Junior World Gliding Championships, with uh, which takes takes place uh, right before the Women Worlds in Czech Republic. Okay. So I will be there too, um, kind of in a free way. I will I will be flying and helping with uh, what's needed to be to be done. So 
yeah, I hope that all the juniors will love uh, flying in Tabor. It will be great. Very nice. We'll get some rest in between. You, your schedule is yeah, going to be well. Definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will, uh, during the like before before the women worlds, before leaving for the worlds, uh, I will be just lying around uh, in Tabor at the pool, uh, just helping with what's needed. But uh, I, will, I will just definitely need some rest before the competition and nice. before the 15-hour drive. So, <laughs> oh, Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to yeah. be checking back in with you, and I greatly yeah, appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for jumping back on the microphone and being on the podcast. Always nice to chat with you. Thank you very much for inviting me once again. It's always a great pleasure to to share my thoughts or my experiences. And um, yeah, I will be looking forward for next time again. Yep, Always an open invitation here on Soaring the Sky. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Aerox, the number one in portable and engineered aviation oxygen systems, your source for FAA-approved oxygen masks and portable oxygen systems, and now introducing the Aerox Pro 2 Plus Flight Bag portable oxygen system. Small, lightweight, and simple to use, the Pro 2 Plus is perfect for the occasional user who wants the flexibility to access higher altitudes without worry about flying impaired. Now available at Aerox Distributors and at Aerox.com. So remember, our friends at Aerox, engineered for aviators. Hello, Jack. Welcome back to Soaring the Sky. Hello. Yeah, it's been a while, but it's good to be back. Yeah, it has been a while. I was looking at uh, my notes here, and it's like uh, 2020 of December. Wow, time flies. God. Yeah, that was, that was a while ago. Lots happened since then. Um, yeah, cool. That was ages ago. Oh, I'm excited to hear what's been going on. Yeah, episode 81, if our listeners want to go back and check out your story, you do have a very unique story. And one of the reasons why I wanted to touch back with you, um, I'll let you do a quick flyover of how you got into aviation, how everything here was launched. But yeah, so it kind of all starts way back to how 2008, when I was two years old, I saw my first Red Arrows display, which is the, the very famous Royal Air Force Aerobatics team um, and it all kind of clicked in my head there I saw the Red Arrows jet and thought oh that looks cool and since then I've kind of always just put my head up to the sky and until I was about 11 um, where at my local airfield there was gliders coming over constantly I thought you know I'll go and give that a go I went up in January 2018 just to you know quiet look around and you know really really enjoyed it and really thought I could get the buzz for it and then in February 2018 I had my first flight and from there, it was just, it started off, blasted off in a way. And then I went solo on my 14th birthday, uh, the July 2020, and then uh, got my aerobatics rating in uh, June 2021. And then uh, just as two weeks ago, won my first aerobatics competition um, down at Dunstable, which is uh, just north of London. Um, and yeah, that, that's it so far. Oh, very nice. Yeah, you were um, Britain's youngest pilot. That's uh, when we talked to you last. You were like what, 11 years old, I think, if I remember correctly, when you first jumped in the cockpit, right? Yeah, yeah, 11 years old. It was um, much younger than they'd usually take on, um, which I was very fortunate that they, that they did because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's gliding and aviation is now my life um, and I wouldn't want it any other way. But Usually we we take on people about 12, 13 in the UK. Very cool. So that puts you how old now? Uh, I'm now 15, almost uh, 16 in about two months. Wow, pretty amazing. You you already have a uh, huge head start. I want to <laughs> fast yeah. forward. A, <laughs> I want to fast forward a little bit. The last time we talked, 
Um, you had become the UK's youngest pilot and your future plans, you said, you know, you wanted to get into some aerobatics and also as far as your goals, you want to focus on getting other younger people involved too. So maybe we can talk about your aerobatics training, how that's, how that's gone and what you want to do in the future. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, we'll start with aerobatics, um, in the UK and I think respectfully in the world, you have a couple of classes in a way. So you go from, uh, just your regular club class which is very basic maneuvers to sportsman which is slightly more intense maneuvers than intermediate which is all the um, proper inverted upside down rolling sort of stuff uh, half cubanates cubans that sort of stuff advanced and unlimited they're very two similar things they're more flick rolls um very intense uh, high g-force and high negative g-force maneuvers um at the moment i've i'm done my sportsman um and i'm halfway through doing my intermediate pretty much just got to do touch up on the rolls because that, there's more to that than i realized um mm. then it's onto cubans and some of the a lot more fun stuff um and then hopefully uh by the by next year onto my advanced and, and unlimited to do some really f- cool fun stuff so what are you what are you flying in when you're doing the aerobatics so at the moment I'm flying in the uh, ASK21 still. Um, there's a I'm a member at another club uh, called Buckminster, which is just a bit more north than I am in England, um, and they have a Perkles, which is um, I think it's an SZD549 or something like that, um, and that's capable of doing some more of the uh, adva- some more of the advanced intermediate stuff because it's got a better rolling rate than the K21. Uh, the K21 rolls very slowly and can't spin, so uh, that's what I'll be flying doing aerobatics. Can you tell us about where you're flying right now? Uh, yeah, so I'm still flying at Tiverton Airfield uh, with Norfolk Gliding Club, so situated in Norfolk in the in England. I've been flying there for four and a half years. That's where I first started. But then I, I've flown at uh, Buckminster at Saltby Airfield, and then and then Dunstable, uh, which is London Gliding Club. That was a very interesting site, mainly because um, no, there's no bit on the airfield which is flat. There's one bit where you reference point it's downhill, then you pull up quite excessively just to touch on the uphill. Uh, coming from Norfolk, which for no one in the know is the flattest county in England, going to that was quite a culture shock, but very exciting to fly there. Nice. Now, I know you had talked about before how you really wanted to get young people involved into aviation, and which is super important. We talk about it here on the podcast quite a bit because that is the future of soaring. Yeah, so there's a couple of projects um, which are in the pipeline. Like I'd, I had one yesterday just you know, talking about it. Um, the region I'm in in England is called East Anglia and we have three or four clubs which are situated in the region. Um, and on the 16th of August, we're organising a day for juniors um, to advance in their flying abilities. So we have uh, cross-country training available. We have pre-solo training available, even aerobatics. And just getting everyone together and building a bit of community and, you know, people making friends with other juniors, you know, speaking about their training and what they're getting up to. Another project which I'm doing is uh, after I finish my exams, uh, which finish the end of June, me, myself, um and another junior we're going to around a couple of schools uh juniors uh like junior social places uh cub scouts just to give like an information talk about gliding and how they can get into gliding norfolk gliding club and just show them the possibilities of what you can get out of gliding and what career paths you can then go further into 
Oh, very nice. Yeah, very important getting out there and get getting the word. I, I know that soaring is is uh, much more popular there in the UK than here in the United States, and especially here, it's super important to to get the young people involved. And a lot of people here in the US don't even realize what soaring is, which is still pretty amazing. But yeah, we're trying to change all that. Yeah. In Europe, it's a very big thing. Uh, gliding to this day is still growing, actually. There's a there's a lot more awareness. It, it, gliding's now kind of become more of the general a- aviation scene, um, I think, in my opinion. Um, but gliding in Europe is massive, uh, especially Germany, Germany, Netherlands, that sort of area. That's where, you know, there's the big uh, gliding manufacturers. So Alexander Schleicher or Schemp Hearth, German. They do a lot of flying out of there, Switzerland. Like, um, we had one person fly from Switzerland over to the UK, so from Switzerland to France, over the channel to the UK and land at Lasham, uh, which I thought was mind blowing. Yeah. The JS one, <laughs> um, but yeah, it gliding, gliding is definitely growing. So, what are your plans for the future as far as aviation? Are you going to make it a career? What What do you want to do? Yeah, so I hope to make it a career. Um, I have a couple of opportunities lined up with uh, EasyJet, possibly TUI, and that's a still going ongoing um, discussion. Um, but I'm really on the pipeline of um, I don't know whether to go to fly military or go and fly commercial. Um, whatever I want to do, I really want to fly. That's just I want my life to be in the air, but. Yeah, I'm I'm really on the border of if I want to go to the military side or the commercial side. I've still got just over two years to decide. Um, but whatever I do, it's a, it's a, it'll be something airborne. Well, we're gonna keep an eye on you, and we'll be looking forward to see how everything goes for you in the future. Our longtime sponsor of the show, the Soaring Academy, is engaged in nonprofit outreach work with local area veterans and also with young people for the STEM programs at their top-notch Gliderport facility just outside of Los Angeles. Nestled near the north side of the San Gabriel Mountains, they also have a fantastic flight school and are continuing to turn out great glider pilots every month. If you like to donate to their nonprofit initiatives or learn more about their flight school, go to soaringacademy.org or check them out on Instagram at Soaring Academy. Could you tell us about your blog and YouTube? Yeah, so uh, my blog um, is just a bit of a it's a bit of an informative, you know, what I get up to. Um, what flying means to me um and like upcoming events and stuff going on which i do need to update i've been uh, busy with revising for exams so i had to put that push that back unfortunately um and my youtube is uh it's just jack jenner hall um on youtube type that in and it's mostly aerobatics on there there's a couple of just uh you know soaring flights um but it's mostly aerobatics it's for like it's an informative for people who in gliding or even power flying and just to see what gliders can do. But also for me, it's a way where I can post it and just look back on it and, and correct myself. It's like, right, I can do, let's say my uh, downlines weren't exactly 45 degrees that time. So I need to make sure they are, or I could have been a bit faster, I pulled a bit harder, etc. cetera. Um, so it's just, it's good feedback for myself. Um, and also it's a, it can be an education point um, to other people as I say, just to, just to show them what gliders can do, because I was we uh, had some power pilots up at my airfield. Uh, they're interested in keeping the aircraft there, and they seemed dazzled that gliders could do aerobatics. And it's just a there's a very big there's a stereotype that gliders cannot do as much as power aircraft. And I think that stereotype needs to be, needs to be gone because uh, in many cases gliders can do a lot more than power aircraft. So, uh, exactly. I know there's a, a few people 
I've run into myself and they're like, yeah, don't you want an engine? You can do so much more. I'm like, no, really, let me tell you about it. <laughs> and they are blown away. <laughs> they can't believe it. Yeah. I didn't know you could do all that in a glider. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, they're, they're still the, the one thing that does bug me. And it's, I, I love speaking about flying, but then it's, you get the odd couple of people where it's like, well, what happens in the, if the wind stops? And I spend a good 15, <laughs> 20 minutes explaining to them how gliders work. I, I just say, look, if, an, if you're on an airliner and the engine fails, you're not going to fall straight away out, out of the sky. That's how gliders work. Exactly. Um, <laughs> just need something to get you up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is pretty amazing. I, I want to go back again just, just a little bit. You had talked about you've been in a competition already for aerobatics. Can you tell, tell us about that a little? Yeah. So we have um, competitions uh, every year in aerobatics in the uk so power and gliding unfortunately uh this year i the gliding aerobatic competition i went to was the only one this year mainly because the uh other big sites where gliding aero com- aerobatic competitions happen they're holding big competitions so i thought can't be bothered um so yeah it was called the dan smith memorial trophy uh but it was down at dunstable so london gliding club it's the first time being there and there was I think 10 of us, um, varying from, I think, 60 down to my age with another person who's 15 years old. Oh, well. Um, and it was a really good day. Um, it was a very, it's a very interesting site, as I say. There's one bit which is not very flat, but the flattest bit on the airfield. Then there's another bit where it's literally just dip down and then you have to pull quite hard up to round out so you don't crash into the hill, which was a massive culture shock for me because I come from Tippenham Airfield, which is completely flat. Um, and it was a really good day. I um, I had to fly with someone in the back because um, they they have an insurance policy because of, the, of their site that no one can fly solo there until you're 16. But it was a really good day. It was a big learning curve as well because um, I had to you know find where the aerobatic box is for people who know what the aerobatics box is. That's um, the area where the judges look at you and where you perform your aerobatics. But it was a very good day. It was a very picturesque around there. Um, and I came out with the trophy, which was I, I was very unexpecting. Um, oh, congratulations. It was just very, thank you. <laughs> it was um, a day just to you know gain experience a little bit. Um, but for to come out with a win and a trophy was a, a big shock. Uh, yeah, that's a nice bonus. Well, Jack, it's been nice catching up with you. I'm going to put your YouTube channel in our show notes here so people can definitely check that out. I was checking out some of those videos earlier today. Yeah, thank you. There's, um, yeah, as I say, there's just many aerobatics on there. There's two or three videos on there, which is from my competition. Uh, one, which is a GoPro uh, footage from the wing, which I thought was pretty cool. Nice. So yeah, definitely check it out. And um, if, you know, if I, if I had a message to say to people, just try out Glider Aerobatics. It's a lot of fun. Um, and just always, you know, stay getting into gliding. Well, good luck on your studies. I know you'll be glad to get that out of the way so you can focus on flying. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's a, it's going to be a good summer of flying. Um, hopefully going to become an instructor that, uh, just in the late part of June, early July, um, which, you know, it will be good for getting people into gliding and sharing, and sharing my passion uh, for gliding and my love for gliding. So, yeah, it'll be good. Well, we thank you for your passion and flying. We thank you for jumping back on the podcast here. And like I said, we're going to catch up with you here again in the future. Yeah, awesome. It's been great to be back. Thank you. If you would like to say hi and let us know where you are enjoying the podcast, we would love to hear from you. If you are a glider pilot and want to share your aviation journey, contact us at chuck at soaringthesky.com 
or send us a message on our website at SoaringTheSky.com and Chuck will get in touch with you. We hope you join us next time for another soaring adventure here on Soaring the Sky, a Glider Pilots podcast. Soaring the Sky is written and produced by Chuck Fulton, co-producer Mitch Thompson. Original music for the podcast was written and produced by Kim Spangler. Graphic design for the podcast was created by Zachary Fulton. Voiceover work was done by Michelle Perez.